You're listening to the New City Church Podcast. These episodes are recorded live on Gadigal land. Sometimes the audio quality might not be perfect because what you're listening to is a conversation. We don't edit out the chatter and we think that's what makes it authentic. Wherever you're tuning in from, we hope you find this episode encouraging. sermon, so I may well um, end up asking more questions than I answer, Um, but perhaps that's not such a bad thing. Um, I'm going to be talking about truth, and as Steph said a few weeks back when we were talking about doubt and uncertainty, I'll have it all wrapped up in a neat bow by the end. It'll be perfectly clear, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, there are a couple of reasons that I decided to talk about this today. Um, Firstly, because as as people who are queer or have moved away from the mainstream church and traditional church for various reasons, we're faced with this immediate challenge that we kind of actually talked through recently with deconstruction and reconstruction, where for so long, so many things have been taught to us as true, and this is the way that we need to think, and this is what is right, and everything else is wrong. Um, and now some or most or all of that is falling apart, you know. And so we have this need to figure out well, what we believe is true and is right. You know, is, is the Bible true? Is Jesus true? Is, is God true? You know, these are big questions, and I won't pretend to be able to answer them all tonight with any certainty or to any levels of satisfaction, but these are the sorts of questions that most of us have wrestled with in our journeys. Um, And secondly, I used to be someone who had so many things that they could preach on and be confident in, Um, but after deconstruction and that whole process, there's a lot less that I am certain of and a lot more places that I have questions rather than answers. So I was struggling to think of what to talk on today, and I was looking through old talks and old songs and things that I had written, and this theme of truth popped up in a few, and that idea still resonated with me in a way that I wanted to further explore and knew that I had like different perspectives and ideas about it than I, I did a while back. So that's what I'm hoping to do today. Um, I'll start off by trying to define what truth is, as much as anyone can, um, which will then head into us talking about the difference between absolute truth and relative truth. And then we'll be faced with the question of, does truth exist? Which I will, of course, answer clearly and concisely. And then after that, we'll need to figure out what the heck we do now. Hopefully that's all as clear as mud, so here we go. (laughs) The first step, if we're going to be talking about truth, is to figure out what truth is. Now, some people, like one of my old Sunday school teachers, would say that truth is fact. Now, while I'd agree that all fact could be considered true, I don't think that means that you can define truth as fact. I think that truth is more than just fact. Um, because facts by nature are quantitative. You are talking about a measurable attribute or quantity of something, like my height being 178 centimeters, or my glasses being purple, or the frames of them being purple, or my hand having five fingers. You know, in each of those examples, we are using a system of measurement. You know, height is centimeters, color is particular wavelengths in the spectrum of visible light, or just the number of things in this case, fingers, in a group. Um, You know, people can debate which 
measuring system to use, like preferring inches over centimeters, or they can debate over what to call particular measurements, like which wavelengths could be described as purple, or you could debate over the semantics of what you're measuring itself, like is a thumb a finger, or is it something different entirely? Um, but when you're stating a fact, you're kind of including within that somewhat implicitly many of these definitions. You know, I'm saying I have five fingers, so yes, I am counting a thumb as a finger. So, you know, facts you can, you can measure and they are quantitative. But um, truth, on the other hand, is qualitative. You know, you're talking about the quality of something. You know, saying my height is 178 centimeters might be a fact, but if I just said I'm tall, well, now you need to decide whether you think I am in fact tall. Is that true? And different people in this room might come up with different answers. Maybe your own height affects the answer. You know, perhaps Chris thinks I'm tall, but Sammy goes, no, you're just an average height. <laughs> you know, someone else might go, well, you didn't specify tall for a person. You know, there are a lot of other things in the world that are much taller than you. So no, you're actually super short. Um, you know, people are making their own judgments about whether something is true or not. Um, and now as people who've come from more traditional churches, we hear that word judgment and we cringe, perhaps, and very understandably so. You know, we've mostly heard it in negative contexts like the final judgment or God judging people for their sins. Um, and even in the wider world, it's often used in a negative sense. You know, if you say that you feel judged, that's not a good thing. Um, but the word judgment itself is actually fairly neutral, at least in how I'm talking about it here. It's basically about making a decision about something. And like I was saying before, in this kind of qualitative sense. So if you're, you know, if you're one of the people that is sitting on a couch now, when you sat down on it, you might have thought, ah, this is a nice couch. You know, that's a judgment that you've made about the couch you know, based on your own ideas of what feels nice. That's not really something that can be measured in any way. You might be able to measure the softness of the couch somehow, which you could say contributes to it feeling nice. Um, but in the end, that's your decision. The people that sat in the chairs, on the other hand, might have sat get down and gone, ah, yes, these hard chairs again. Um, again, that's a judgment, a decision that you're making about the quality of something. So I, I don't think there's an issue necessarily with making judgments when we're talking about this sort of judgment. I think the issue often comes more if we're talking about judging people. Um, though again, this is still something that we often do kind of automatically and without thinking. Um, but we were talking about truth. How, how does this help us to understand what truth is? Well, again, this is what we do if we're deciding that something is true. We, we make a judgment call based on various things. Though that just tells us how we figure out what is true rather than it doesn't actually define what truth is. Um, and the difficulty is that truth is, is, is so difficult for us to define without just using the word true or synonyms of it. We could say that it's the, the sense of something being right or, or actually the case. Um, the dictionary tried the phrase in line with reality. Um, you know, we understand inherently this idea of truth to some degree and what we're meaning if we're talking about something being true, but trying to define it specifically or explain it to someone who doesn't understand it can be very difficult. Um, so for now, we'll kind of park that with what we've defined and explored so far and try and move on with what we've got. 
Speaking of which, actually, before I go into that, I will hydrate myself. Hydration is very important. Hydration is good. Amazing. All right. Speaking of which, uh, some of you might have been getting a little annoyed there with me talking about deciding what the truth is and all that. You know, what about objective truth, you think? Well, this bit's for you. So, the sort of truth that we have been talking about so far is something called subjective truth. It's going to be different for different people. One person might think I'm tall, someone else might think I'm short, someone else might think I'm an average height. One person thinks the couch feels nice, another person thinks that it does not feel that nice. Um, you know, it's truth that is subject to your own judgment, your own opinion, what you believe to be correct or right or true. But then there's this idea of objective truth. And the idea of objective truth is that there are some things, whatever they might be, that uh, just are true. You know, regardless of opinion, regardless of what you do or don't believe, they are no less true. They just are. You know, a traditional Christian belief, for instance, is that God is objectively true. You know, regardless of whether you believe in God or not, they still exist, you know, is, is the argument. And people will come up with their own ideas or arguments for or against that. But this is a common thought in traditional Christianity, this idea of objective truth, and particularly the ideas of God and Jesus and the Bible being objectively true. You know, some might even argue that there is only objective truth and that subjective truth isn't really truth at all. I think that's more an issue of semantics, but that's by the by. Um, but if we're talking about objective truth, we quickly run into a rather thorny problem. Because you see, as humans, by definition, we are not objective. We are subjective. You know, we are each different with our own experiences and bias and opinions. You know, you could argue that perhaps computers are more objective, but they have still been built by humans. And so some of that bias and subjectivity is still makes its way into the code in various ways. Some might say that words from God are objectively true, but how do we know that? Now, how do we know that a word is from God? Or how do we know that those words are objectively true? Is it because the Bible says so? Then how do we know that that's objectively true? We, we just keep running into this same question. And in the end, you realize that it's actually really difficult for us to be able to define something as objectively true particularly if we're talking about something that we, we can't measure in any meaningful sense, like God. Now, of course, if there's a life after this and God is there, maybe they can explain all this to us then and we can talk and laugh about it. Um, but here on earth, in this life where we are now, there's a whole lot that's really difficult for us to be able to know whether it's objectively true or not. Now, some would say we can't know anything as objectively true. It doesn't mean that objective truth doesn't exist or can't exist. And indeed, we run into a lot of problems with things like physics and science if objective truth doesn't exist. Um, it's, and it's rather helpful for us in living our lives if we assume that objective truth exists in some fashion for at least some things. You know, there's enough problems in the world without getting into the philosophy of whether these people I see in front of me are actually here or if you're actually the colors that I'm seeing or if I'm actually saying the words that I think I'm saying. You know, these are the sorts of things that philosophy and such can wrestle around with, but for most of us, 
we have enough shit to deal with. The universe seems to be behaving itself for the most part and working how we expect it to. So let's just trust that it's going to keep doing that until proven otherwise, right? Um, you know, but when we're talking about things that we can't measure, you know, which spirituality and religion and theology kind of by nature are all about, we can't really know if a lot of it is objectively true. And that can feel really strange, particularly if we've grown up with this idea and have become familiar with people trying to prove God in various ways. Um, but as subjective people, there isn't actually any certainty. You know, we might be able to say that, yes, Bethlehem existed, or Jesus was probably a person that existed according to the records that we have. But these are a far cry from being able to say that God or Jesus or the Bible are objectively true, and so we're left with just subjective truth. And that can feel either really scary or really freeing. Scary because, well, now so much is uncertain, and we need to figure things out for ourselves, and that can be quite daunting um, when these foundations that you've built things on start to crumble. Um, but it can also be really freeing and liberating and exciting even. You know, there's, there's no longer that expectation on us to know what is true and to be right all the time. And we can start to explore new ideas that perhaps we weren't able to before and discover new truths that resonate with us much more deeply. And, and this is something that Jesus actually talks about. He talks about this idea of subjective truth. He says to the crowds, why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? Why do you not judge for yourselves? Um, I'll bring out the passage on the screen. It's from Luke chapter 12, verses 54 to 57. I've got it in the NRSV here. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it is going to rain. And so it does. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? And why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? One of the ideas fairly common within Christianity is that we have been given the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that God is within us in some way, and partly for this very reason, to be able to discern what is right and true and good. But I feel like within the traditional church, we're often told to not listen to our bodies and our intuition, that that is somehow separate from God, that that is the flesh and our sinful nature, and that the spirit is separate from that. Um, but I think one of the things that I started to learn as I've moved away from traditional spaces is that this isn't really the case, that God often works in an embodied way, that God is not separate from the physical world, but very much part of it. And this is true in our bodies as well. And I feel like often this, this intuition that we have could very much be thought of as the voice of the Spirit. But what do other people do? You know, how do other people solve this, this problem of figuring out what is true? Well, some to look to tradition. They go, you know, this is what people have believed is true for a very long time. And if so much time and all these people have said it's right, then who am I to say that it's wrong? Others look at the opinions of experts and researchers in the area that they're interested in, you know, those who have put a lot of time into trying to answer these, 
same questions on an academic level. Some look to the voice of, of celebrities and stars and the famous or influential. Others look to the voice of the crowd and the majority. Some look to the voice of, of friends or family. Some specifically look to those that have gone through similar situations, that have faced the same question and have experience. Some trust their intuition. Perhaps some trust blind chance or, or randomness and chaos. And I guess my point today is not to discredit any of these because I think they all have their place. And I think we often arrive closest to the truth perhaps when we use some combination of these different methods or compare and contrast them. But as people of faith, I, I do think it's important that we learn to listen to intuition and learn to trust our judgment, not blindly because that is often unhelpful, but certainly not dismissing it out of hand. You know, we've been given our, our judgment, our intuition, the spirit, our logic, our brain, our gut, however you want to kind of call it or describe it. You know, this is a tool or these are tools that God has intentionally given us to be used. Um, and I suppose for many that's, that's why we call it faith, because it's, it's not certain and perhaps it can't be certain. But it's not just about figuring out whether God and Jesus and the Bible are, are true. It's also about, you know, morality itself, you know, deciding what we think is right, whether that's just for our own life and how we choose to live, or perhaps also about the sorts of causes we support or the things that we champion or talk about to other people. You know, ideas about Relationships, sex, abortion, gender, sexuality, power, privilege, disability, money, government, climate change, war, the color of someone's skin, the country that they were born in, how we treat each other, and many more things have been stuff that religion has taken stances on in the past or continues to do so now, for better or for worse. And often when we identify as religious people, our views on some of these things may be assumed based on traditional religious views. And perhaps sometimes we feel like we need to say, that that's not actually what we think. I'm, I'm different. I'm not like the other people. Um, and, you know, declare what we do think instead. And that, that can get exhausting sometimes trying to keep up with that. But anyway, I think, I think my point is perhaps we should learn to trust in our intuition you know, in the spirit that we have to guide us towards the truth. If it's gotten us, it's gotten us here and then gotten us this far, then it must be, must be doing okay. You know, it doesn't mean you'll always get it right, of course, but, um, you know, maybe if we, we live, maybe we live closer to the truth and know it more fully than we think we do. I think. Hmm. It can also be difficult, though, I think, if, you're not, if we're not sure what we think. It's, it's scary to say, I don't know. But as we're moving away from this idea of objective truth, I think that's also something that's important to learn how to say. So, so I also want to ask, I guess, a different question. Rather than trying to ask what is truth or figuring out if we can know what it is or not, I want to ask if we need to know what the truth is. You know, in, in many of the churches that we, we have come from, the need to know the truth and define that and be confident in that is, is paramount and fundamental. But as we move away from these spaces, perhaps that also means that we can move away from this need to know the truth. We can learn to be more comfortable with uncertainties and doubts, different and seemingly contradictory beliefs coexisting. 
uh, living in liminal and in-between spaces in the gray and the overlap and the unanswered questions. And I think, I think this is something that we've started to build here, you know, a space where people can come with different ideas and different beliefs, and that isn't scary, and that isn't threatening. Instead, we can hold that gently and caringly, you know, rather than having the idea that our beliefs are better or more true, or, but instead we're giving space for many beliefs. And for those of us that do come from that more traditional background, this can be quite hard, I think, sometimes, and, and I've certainly found it hard, I think. And in reflecting on my own beliefs even now, I think there are many times when part of me still perceives some of them as being better or being more right, and this is obviously the way, and why do other people not see this? Um, but, but as we've talked about, truth is rather elusive sometimes, um, and even if we have somehow found it, you know, each person is on their own journey, and they take time. So, you know, we hold each other gently as, as we travel together on this strange path that we call life. Um, you know, coming from many different places with many different ideas, but all choosing to be here. And I think there's power in that. And as we travel on this journey of discovering the truth and living the truth, um, often what some of us find helpful is, is having an idea as, I guess, a touchstone or foundation or a focal point to kind of start from and give other things perspective, a, a through line that connects everything. Um, perhaps this is the idea that God is love or that God is present and active in creation or maybe that, that Jesus saved us all. Perhaps that God is just or good. Maybe that's something for you to reflect on if you feel a bit lost at the moment amongst the uncertainty and not knowing. You know, what, what is something that you feel like you can hold on to that anchors you in some way, gives you some clarity or focus or peace, even if many things do feel unsure and strange and new? As I start to wrap up, perhaps unsurprisingly, I have not given you one clear path because I don't know if there is one. Maybe the important thing for you is letting go of the idea of finding absolute truth and trusting your intuition to find things that are good and right and true. Maybe the important thing for you is letting go of the need to know the truth at all and learning to be comfortable in uncertainty and finding the joy in venturing into the unknown. Perhaps it's both. Perhaps the important thing for you is just finding that, that focal point or touchstone to start rebuilding from. But whatever resonates with you, I hope that this has helped with you as we continue on this journey with the truth. Let me pray to wrap up. Father, we are on so many different journeys in this place. There are so many different people who have come from so many different places and have so many different ideas of what is true and what is right, but we are all here together, and I thank you for that. And I thank you that we can hold each other gently and journey together in life and that you help us to do that. 
I pray that you would help us to trust your spirit that you have given to us, trust the spirit that is within us, trust our, our intuition to, to lead us and guide us as we try and live in ways that are, that are good and true. And I pray that you would help us to be able to find comfort even amidst the unknowns and even amidst the in-between spaces that we often find ourselves in when we're moving away from these ideas of absolute truth and objective truth. Help us to be able to live in these in-betweens and be comfortable with the uncomfortable sometimes. And help us to be able to find perhaps one or two things that we can keep as, as a touchstone, as a focal point, as something to focus how we perceive reality or how we perceive what is right help us to be able to focus in on perhaps a couple of key things we know and believe about you or believe about the world help us to keep close to you and I thank you for this time that we have had to be able to reflect on these ideas of truth and what that means for each of us And I pray that that might be helpful for us moving forward. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.